Hey guys, welcome to the MFG cast. talking about Orleans, a game from Tasty Metro Games. It's a game that you should know about. It's a game that I've been wanting to know about. Um, so I'm going to call this one, uh, I'm going to call this episode because Dan has played this a bazillion times and I've only got to play it once, but it's going <laughs> to be an interesting look at uh, Tasty Metro Games and uh, their awesome game of Orleans that right now it's a little... It's a little hard to get, but once you get your hands on it, it's going to be fun to play. So I'm going to hand it over to Dan, and Dan, you can tell us a little bit about what Orleans is. All right, sounds good, man. Uh, so one of the other things that you'll know right off the bat is a lot of people call this game Orleans. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the difference between a croissant and a croissant. Yeah, exactly. Like, one of the things that made Orleans kind of pop up in uh, the zeitgeist again recently is uh, the designer has that new game uh, coming out, Altiplano. And a lot of people noted it was like the bag building mechanic again and stuff like that. And there's not too many games that really have that. The only like usual bag building games are like dice games, like Dice Masters or Quarriers or something. So the fact that this could have probably been a deck builder, but instead they went with like the little chits instead and made it a bag builder... You know, it, some could view it as gimmicky, but for the game, I think it works perfectly, right? And uh, so I'm going to flip you guys over to the board for just a moment so you can see some of the beautiful things that this game has to offer. All right. So the board is into two halves, right? We got the map of all the cities and everything, and everyone will start over in Orleans. And then we also have the tracks over here, Right. Now, you'll notice that uh, this art style probably looks a little familiar, and it's some Clemens Franz work. So instantly, I'm in. No way. It's it, Yeah, right? It's, it's such a, a base start for me that, uh, of course, I got to go for it. But the thing that is really fun about this game is... Now, what's nice about this game is everyone starts out with this very simple player board. So this is your player board, right? And it's really simple. Like, uh, I'll even flip it to the other side to make it a little easier for people to understand. <laughs> Um, so what we got here is you got an area where you like you can get farmers, you can get traders and workers and seafarers. You can go to the university and gain scholars, and those scholars can help you get monks. And you can travel by ship and by land and build guild halls and like employ some knights to help defend the realm and go to the scriptorium and increase knowledge, right? Now all these seem like pretty basic, simple areas. And you might look at this board and go, oh, okay, there's you know, I got like, let's say three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different things I can do. That's pretty much the game, right? Except there's a lot more to it than that. Because these little guys here are your minions. 
These are the people that actually get the job done. So every turn you're pulling these out from your bag, right? So in the beginning, you only got these four simple workers in your town. And you go like, ah, oh, man, you know, like, what should I do with these guys? Uh, maybe I'll send these two guys over here and I'll get a farmer, right? Now you got another farmer. Then you can like maybe take that farmer and your merchant and then next turn you see Farrah and they'll be in the castle and you'll get a knight. And then that knight and this other merchant and farmer will go by wagon. Like you start increasing all your moves as you're getting more and more pieces. So again, you know, it just seems like, oh, okay, it's like a little bit engine building. I'm just going to be getting some more things, doing some more actions, and that's pretty much all there is to it. But it's even more than that. The tracks over here, there are all these awesome game modifiers. Like down here is the knowledge. And as you go up in this, you gain more knowledge. And in this game, smarts help because that knowledge will help you get even more points at the end of the game. And your knights, because you have a bigger militia, let you have like more at your disposal. So you're drawing more and more chits. The seafarers are going overseas and earning money by going on distant shores. So we're getting like two, three, four, five coins. The traders bring new opportunities in the shape of these little tiles here, which are now more actions that you can do. And you add those to your boards. So now you're increasing your options. You got the workers over here that can actually help make machinery to make the job easier. And then it'll let you cover up spots on your board. So it becomes, again, easier and easier to do these things. Your farmers will start producing more and more and you'll get weed and cheese and wine. Because you remember all those times you've seen on the farms, Kurt, where they would give those big wine trees and, uh, you know, the yeah. bottles just dangling from the branches. And, uh, oh, yeah. And broke and especially <laughs> the, the leather at the end. Yeah. I always think of farmers. They're always making that leather, you know. Yeah, the brocade farms. I mean, uh, I'm God. I mean, we're tripping on them over here. There's just so many. It's ridiculous. <laughs> on top of that, you know, so again, even with all that, the game has a bit to offer. But then we get to travel. And as you travel around, you might build guild houses and then travel by sea and then obtain this good. And then while you're in uh, the city of Briere, hey, why not? I'll build another guild house. And you start expanding your legions. And again, all this stuff helps add towards your grand total, right? So there's there's a lot you can do in this game. And if that was it, it would be a pretty involving game. But Kurt, there's always a little more. Oh, we love one of your options game. is the town. We do indeed love more. <laughs> so on your player board, demands a certain person or people, except for these little spots here, and these are known as town hall. And that's because you can send your people on missions for the kingdom. Like you can build up the city walls, you can work on peace treaties, building cathedrals, founding the Boatman Guild, which I almost misread as finding the Batman Guild, and that would be awesome. They need a vigilante justice expansion. And even here, you'll be earning coins, which are points. You'll be earning like these citizens that will help you earn more points. There's all these things going on. This is like a really involving game. And it has so many parts that are reminiscent to me of various other games. Like, take for example, the fact that you go to the traders and you're getting new buildings. It has a little bit of that Kalis and Lords of Wars you feel. The obtaining all the goods and trying to keep on top of stuff. It, it has classic Euro, like resource management and acquire, con, you know, consume, increase. The fact that 
it's engine building with getting more draws, getting more people, and especially with the gears, engine building to maximize actions. Like, if you do it right, at the end of the game, you might be doing, like, six actions per turn. All of these things are just an amazing game put together. And what's even more interesting is the game has a ticking clock. There's an event stack. And it starts out like, oh, you can't get any monks. And you're like, oh, whatever. I can't get monks in the first turn anyway. But then there's like things like taxes and pestilence and plague where like people can die and leave your bag forever. You know, you might get taxation or have to feed your people. Or you might start getting income or rewarded for all those guild houses you did or get paid out for all the knowledge that you've obtained for the kingdom. There's a lot of variety, a lot of options. And for a Euro, a surprising amount of reading your opponents. Knowing when to go for this thing, seeing that there's only one gear left in the the workers' foundry and going like, all right, I need that. But... If I take that gear first, they might take that last monk. All right, I don't, which is more important? Do I want the gear? Do I want the monk? Like, making those decisions. There's a lot inside of this game, and it's... It actually... I, I think I mentioned it last year. This game pretty much climbs to the top of my list. I think this is, like, my number one game. And what's even more impressive is... It's not just a board game. It's also almost like its own game system now. Because they have two other expansions out. Trade and Intrigue and Invasion that changed the game up even more and even more. So there's so much variety, so many uh, like new opportunities, new options. Like the Trade and Intrigue expansion is a nice small one that just gives like new variety, like new tiles to the event deck. So if you're tired of going, okay, I know that there's going to be three plague, I know that there's going to be three incomes, you can mix that up. You can vary it, you can, you know, like custom control it, whatever. They also add orders now where it's like, oh, by the way, if you go to the city of, let's say, like uh, La Chatra, and you bring a wine and two wool there, those things might be worth like 10 points, but this card will actually be worth 17. So it's reasons to travel instead of just like staying in your little cluster and building up and things like that. It's an amazing game system, and even though everyone's all hopped up on Altiplano and they're, they're fiending for the new and they want to try it out, I definitely say it, it's well worth checking out the game that got him this rep. Would you say you're in um, agreement, Kurt? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I agree. Um, the one thing that I think is is funny about this game is that it's trying to run a town. And boy, if you're not keeping track of all the little things that are going on, you could get lost. So, it, it you know, it's like, so basically, you're you know you're taking all these things. You know, you're taking your farmers, you're taking your knights, you're taking your monks and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, I need to get these guys here and these guys here. And then you'll once you're done with your or once you're going through your round where you're taking your turns and taking your actions and stuff like that, you're like, oh shit, I forgot to do this. I should have done this one thing where you know because there's just so many things going on. You know, it's like okay, well I'll send some of my guys out and they'll you know fight the plague, which. I'm sorry, but if you're trying to fight the plague, you should get more than two coins. You should at least get three coins, which is the most that you can get. You should at least get three coins. Come on, give me a break, people. But then, you know, you've got, you use those cogs or whatever to fill up your spaces. Like, you know, I wish that was, being this being my first time playing it, I was like, I wish I would have, I wish I would have just stuck with getting those mostly because it feels like, because this is a, 
it's a work work replacement uh, bag pull kind of game. Sometimes you can get kind of screwed on your pulls. And, you know, if you don't, if you're not careful and you don't have, you know, the right people and you don't have, you know, a few monks at least to kind of help you out, those cogs are perfect because they have that set in stone place in those spots you out with what you're trying to do. Um, there's just there's just so much going on in this game. You, I mean, it seems like you it it seems heavier than it is, and that's the thing that I was kind of surprised when we played this game. I was like, I'm like, boy, there's just there's so much to this. I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this, you know. <laughs> but then as we played it, I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty easy. You know, it just that's the hardest about it is trying to figure out what strategy is best for you to win without doing too many things i feel like because if you because again because of these tokens like you don't always have to spend them right away you know you have enough spots where if you know say you have you know two spots left and you know you're pulling five out well you don't have to put those two guys out you can just leave them and wait until next time to see if there's a better choice for the next round with what you were saying about the uh, the right. bag pulls and like you know if you get a bag a bad pull out or two or you know like trying to figure out how to work with what you got, that's one thing about the bag builder that's different than deck builder, where if you you know like take for example uh, you know I know that you're a fan of like the DC deck builders, mm-hmm. say you buy a card that you know you know is going to give you like four power. You know that card is in your deck, and you know you're going to see it at some point. The other four cards you draw with it might suck, but you know you'll see it. In a game like this, if you have like 14, 15, 16 chips in your bag, and you get a monk, that thing is not going to be your dream answer. You're like, oh, well, now I got a wild card. The monk will be fine. If you're only pulling out five chips, that monk doesn't have high chances. And then on top of that, everything you spend goes back in the bag. Mm-hmm. So... You could actually, if you control your bag really well, you can actually be a fine-oiled machine. The problem is you get a couple of things, and you're like, oh, man, I want those guys. Or you see there's only two seafarers left, and you're like, oh, I got to grab those boat guys. And then the next thing you know, it's like your bag is actually heavy because <laughs> you got so many things in there. Yeah, there, there's, and, uh, a, there's yeah. definitely a fine line between, uh, uh, you know, because, of course, you want to have more people to work out more places. But like you said, if if you keep grabbing so many of one guy and so many of another, that's kind of what I had. Um, some of this, uh, I didn't have enough seafarers. So I was like, oh crap, I gotta get some more of those, you know? And then you realize it's like, okay. Another thing is like uh, most, most every spot. So it's like, okay, so maybe I need some more of those farmers, but you know, you may have this thing where it's like, okay, you've got this bag of chips or whatever. And, but you don't, you know, you might just have, too many of one thing to where you want to get to this one spot where you're like, Oh no, now I'm, I'm screwed, you know? So you have to really, really be careful about that. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I love about this too. It's those interesting choices and just, you know, again, like when I mentioned before about like reading your opponents, I find it funny. Cause like a few people always feel like they have the fixed answers in this game. Like, Oh, well I'm just going to go, uh, I'm going to go heavy on the gears and I'll be fine. Yeah, and they got all the gears and everything, but they're not making big moves because if they use the traders, they could have gotten better buildings. And then they're like, oh, well, oh, all the traders are gone. So, I, well, I mean, fine, I guess I'll just still go there for the building. But it's like they don't have enough guys to spread out those actions. 
like just the gears isn't an answer and just the monks isn't an answer. You know, and it, it's also great when you see somebody get like two, three monks and they're like, oh, well, now I'll be fine. And then the plagues come out and then those monks get wiped out. You know, it's like there's never the guaranteed answer in this game. Like it's just about adapting on the fly. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those games where it's awesome because it gives you multiple options to win. It's not just a set like, okay, obviously I do this, I win. You can you, you can think one way, but that doesn't automatically make victory yours. Yeah, exactly. And like one of the things I love is um as you play this game, like uh, because we played it two players, and what's nice about it is um so as some of you may know, Kern and I are not exactly next door neighbors. But we were able to play this via Tabletopia, which is a great place to go and play this game. Also, from what I remember, the instructions were only in German on Tabletopia, so you <laughs> might want to look on BGG for those. <laughs> it's a good thing BGG is here. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's like, I mean, it played like a charm on Tabletopia. We had a blast playing it, and you took to it so fast. Like, the beauty of the game is, even though there's a million choices... It, it becomes simple on how to do the things. The, the beauty and the elegance of the game is finding out what to do with those things. You know? And uh, so, as you mentioned, it is hard to acquire. And one thing that I found is, if you don't mind waiting a few weeks for shipping, you can go to DLP Games and uh, order the game from Germany. Now... As far as, like, with shipping and everything else, like, I've seen copies of Orleans kind of high. Like, I've seen it online for, like, $100 and stuff like that. And then people are selling the deluxe editions for, like, two to 300 which to me is insane. That is but insane. I was able to order a copy of the game, uh, the fifth player expansion board, and a nice little twist, which I will uh, quick bring up on camera here. Because, you know, I love the uh, idea of pimping out games, Kurt. So one of the options that they have is instead of the regular chits, they actually have meeples, right? And it's like a little sticker on there. But yeah, and I like that they actually have a front and back. But you can end up like, you know, using these for your board instead. So it's like, you know, like this would be like farmer here, use the work there. Um. You know, they're all shaped the same way, so they'll feel the same in the bag, but I figure they have a little more weight to them. And you get like 113 of these, I think it is, in total. I got all of that. So let's see, game, uh, fifth player board, the wooden upgrade components. And, um, oh, in addition to that, uh, there's also even upgrades for those wooden gears that I mentioned. Uh, The little things to help upgrade your spots. They're also on wooden discs that, you know, now have the gear on that. All that, and I got two sets of promo buildings for like 110 or so. So That's compared to getting Orleans, yeah, compared to getting Orleans for 100 versus getting the game and all these extra things plus, you know, and the like I said, the shipping from Germany was a little high too. I think that was like, almost 20 euro, which I think like basically translates to about like 23 or 24 bucks, give or take. But if you don't mind the weight, it's worth doing it. And um, 
because as many <laughs> as uh, as our very own uh, T. Racy likes to uh, bust my chops about relentlessly. Sometimes uh, I'll go for a different version of a game just because something else is different. These are the meeples in the German version. They are taller. They are shaped differently. I don't know why I think that's so awesome. And also, <laughs> and also, uh, you know, like a few other little differences, like thinner board, thinner shits, and stuff like that. But uh, a buddy of mine was really looking for the game, and since I was figuring out, I was like, "Oh, I'll go for the wooden meeples too." I mentioned to him the German thing. And he was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I kind of want to get a U.S. version. So I was like, if you want to just buy mine. And he's like, yeah, I'll definitely do that. So I decided to get myself the German copy. And um, I'm beyond pleased with it, you know. And now he also has a fifth player expansion and all this stuff as well. But yeah, it took about a month to come in uh, from DLP Games Direct, which wasn't that bad all in all. Well, what's the di- what's the difference between the deluxe and the regular version of Orleans? The deluxe has uh, those wooden um, townspeople, like the meeple style, and as well as mm-hmm. the wooden gears. The other difference, and it's something that I'm not a fan of, is these are the chits for the board, right? Like the goods. And you notice the back has a generic background, so you can randomize. They're nice. They're small. They stack. They fit on the squares easily. The deluxe version also has wooden bits for all of those things, like the uh, the cheese, the wine, the wool, the hay, and everything. Which sounds cool, except for they'll have different shapes, so you can't really randomize those when you're pulling them out of a bag. The round cheese wheel and the shaped wine bottle and the sprouting uh, wheat feel differently. So you, they say, like, you use the tiles to randomize and seed the board, then remove the tiles and put the wooden goods on there. I'm like, I'm not doing that shit. Like, I already put the wooden tile <laughs> chips on the board. Like, I don't need to do that. Yeah, it's um, a little too much time. I, yeah, I played the deluxe one time, and I was like, this is the only thing I'm not a fan of. I'm like, the Meeple guys are cool. That's part of the reason why I ordered them, because now, like, because, like, every other addiction, I'm like, oh, this is what that's like. Well, it let me obtain this immediately. Yeah, the wooden goods I was not a fan of. Everything else, though, I, I am. But yeah, with the German version, the only other difference is, and this was an odd thing, um, everyone gets a black bag to put all their bits in and all that. And in the U.S. thing, it's the four different colors according to player color. Like a red, blue, green, okay. and yellow bag. That's it. Yeah, small difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But th- this is... The fact that this game has evolved into like so many different things. Like there's a, In the Invasion, there's a co-op variant... Um, there's like deadline variants more or less. That's the term we use. It's basically like you get personalities and you must also complete their goals. Otherwise you still can't win. So even if you get, you know, you place, if you didn't get say like the 10 items that this guy needs or whatever, you still don't win. The trade and intrigue offers up a whole new wealth of options. TMG sometimes uh, almost reminds me of Z-Man games where it's like, Here's the thing that's really cool and really good. We're very proud of, and it's amazing, and a lot of people want it. We will never make these things ever again because Tuesday. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like Orleans has been getting harder and harder to obtain in the U.S., um, but again, you can always go to DLP Games, uh, you know, and order from there. Um, make sure you also have Google Translate on because I didn't the first time I was trying to order. I'm like, so I was like, looking back and forth trying to translate the stuff and I'm like and then Kim comes by and one clicks it and now I can read the site so I felt like an idiot uh, 
my my complete lack of technology shows quite often at home. But what's nice though is uh, there's always that tabletop simulator, like Tabletopia. Actually, it's a great way to play the game, and it, it's flawless on there. Yeah, it really is. Like, I mean, it's funny because these reviews that we do and stuff like that um and looks at stuff or whatever it's i always think oh it'll be fun to get people excited about this and i'm i'm like we played it and i'm like i damn it i want it now and i'm like oh well <laughs> looks like i'll never be getting it but um i even looked at um cool stuff um incorporated ink whatever you want to call it and they have it for like 42.99 it's out of stock but i just put it i added to my wish list i was like well Here's to hoping, you know, it may not, may not ever be a thing that ever happens, but you, you never know. You know what, uh, now that you mentioned that, I want to check one of my favorite things, the infamous um, board game prices, and see what, if anyone, that has it in stock, what it's selling for. Because this is always a little fun measure to see a popularity of a game and whether or not you'll ever see it on your shelf. Now, see, if we had the beauty of uh, just broadcasting this uh, via our usual method of the podcast, this would be nice and simple and edited. All right, first of all, it's only in pounds, which is a sign that you're not going to be getting this thing anytime soon. Amazon has it in stock for the completely affordable and totally reasonable price of $95. Let's see. I mean, there's always options on uh, eBay, which, you know, take that as you will. I wow. found one where it was at $65, which I was like, oh, cool, $65. And I click on it. This is not able to ship to your area. Okay, well, fun. Thanks for putting that out there for me. It's like, where will you ship to? Nowhere. It's also completely unavailable in Canada as well uh, on most of their major retailer sites. You can get it from e- eBay in Germany, which at that point, just go to DLP Games. Yeah, outside of yeah, that. Another, another thing that actually, another thing that kind of frustrates me too is that their Tasty Minstrels website, you can't order any games from them. So, like, yeah, I understand they, they want to send it to the company or send it to the game stores to get to sell to other people and stuff like that to kind of, to, you know, you know I'm trying to think of, you know... Like to help support the local to, business and... Yes, exactly. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Jeez. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it's it, this is a game that I remember when it came out, there was a lot of hype on it. You know, there's a lot of people talking about it, like, oh, this game is so much fun, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. And like you said, with with Taste of Menstrual and some of these other, you know, these other companies, you know, it's like, it's so weird because there's, there's like your Fantasy Flight games and like these other companies that when something is good, it will continue to be published and, you know, remade and stuff like that. And, you know, how many editions and stuff like that. But with these other companies, it's like, I don't understand. You know, it's like I, I'm sure there's there's an explanation for it that I don't know about, and I'm being harsh about it. But still, it's like if, if this game is so great, why can't we have it? <laughs> yeah, it's and it's funny because it seems like um, I it's one of those things like I both respect and despise with TMG, where it's like you know they're like they're not going to re-release the game on Kickstarter again. They're like we had our Kickstarter, we're always looking towards you know the next. Uh, we're not going to like keep putting the same game on every couple of years. It's like, yeah, but how about just once? You know, it's like 
at least let people like you know sign a petition for it on your site. And if you get a thousand people, like run the Kickstarter, make that minimum thing. Like if you don't sell a thousand, it just doesn't happen. And then let, let those people get early owns because this thing is great. You know, it's like especially now. I know this is gonna. Uh, I think it's Reiner uh, Stockhouse is the designer. Uh, this is gonna probably shock you. I did not like immediately BGG stalk this guy and go like, well, let's see what else he made and let's find out everything about him. Like I do with a lot of the other designers. But the mm-hmm. fact that everyone's going so like, you know, like full hog over uh, Altiplano. And one thing that surprised me is that Renegade is putting it out and no Kickstarter, none of that. Just coming out stateside this year. Uh, no deluxifications, no dragging, just... Oh, this game is gonna. It looks great. Um, it's already set. It's already published in Germany. Let's just do this. This game went through a little more extensive. Like, um, there's definitely quality difference between the German and the U.S. version. Like, uh, like I said, a little bit of the thickness of the board, a little bit of the thickness of the chits. Outside of that, nothing else. Like, you know, everything else is the same. Uh, linen finish on the German pieces, pretty much, and then like smooth, like uh, matte finish on the U.S. pieces. But. I, I don't I don't see what's stopping a one and done re-release of this game somewhere in the pipeline. You know, it's like the other thing too is the the expansions for this game are so readily accessible. Right? I looked online, everyone has them in stock, everyone has them at great prices. But it, it reminds me of um I, and I remember I mentioned this to you like a year or two ago and we had a good chuckle about it. Cool Stuff Inc. often has an expansion for Arctic Scavengers that where it's like uh, the Recon expansion or something. And it's like, the MSRP is $30, but it's the deal of the day for 4 bucks. And why is it the deal of the day for 4 bucks? Because you can't buy Arctic Scavengers. There is no demand for this thing. The only people that can buy it are the people that already have the game. And if they didn't buy it the last six times that game is $4, no one's buying it. And it's the same problem with Orleans. Mike Smith, uh, you know, who, again, helped us out for a few episodes and stuff like that, has looked into getting this for like four months now. And every time he calls shops or looks online, it's like, well, we have the expansions. Okay. What am I going to do with them? <laughs> you know, it's like, man, check out all these pieces I can't use. Isn't it, isn't it great? Like, you know, it's like, what good does the expansions do? TMG can scoop up a lot of sales of all those expansions that are just sitting on the wayside and like re-release the main game and probably make a decent killing. You know? But, I mean, I don't run a game company, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, but again, you know, with this game, it's, you know, it's one of those that I think, you know, if you can find it, get your hands on it for the right price it's well worth it um yeah there's absolutely. just so much to it and you know it's it's just like just like when we were talking about valetta you know a few times ago like this game has more meat to it where you're not going to be able to, I, I feel like you won't be playing the same game twice i mean and you can have the same strategy versus, yeah that's what I was gonna say. I feel even if you play the same person four or five times, you're you're not gonna have the same game unfold, even with the same setup. People you they'll know? you know they might they'll adapt to something you do, so then you'll have to do it another way, which gives you a chance to see how it works in a different you know in different other ways. 
when like when we were playing, I was noting to uh, a buddy of mine, you know, noted like there's two buildings that I always get. And if people let me get those, I usually tend to win. So, you know, getting ready for the episode, me and Kim played some Orleans last night. Kim immediately acquired one of those two buildings to make sure I couldn't do my combo. <laughs> I'm nice. like, all right. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's try out some different things. And she actually started like a manufacturing strategy. Like she was pumping out, I think, like wine and uh, brocade. And I was like, all right, I got to do something here. So like I started manufacturing wool so I can get in at least like some goods market. And she was doing good. I started like, you know, adapting and I started really going through all the different buildings or more ideas. And I would probably say like I'm on like probably like about 20 plays of this game by now. Uh, I'm going to be running it at Dreamation, uh, which is our local con in New Jersey coming up in February. Uh, I'm going to be running a, a session or two of this at the con. And I'm just always interested in seeing like the new way that somebody, you know, starts going about their strategies and pulling out some points and getting some new uh, engines going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to kind of notice all those things because, you know, seeing how other people play, even people that you don't know will probably bring something to the forefront, which would be great. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm already looking forward to the next time you and I get to play this. You know. For sure, especially since I beat you by three points. I know. Oh I my so god, good. it's so close. <laughs> Ninety-four to ninety-seven. That's my, a, that's a yeah. Sliver. I'll take my wins as I can get them. Actually, it was one hundred to ninety-seven. Oh, was it? Yeah, because so I, I remember I was exactly at a hundred, which I don't think I've ever oh, scored yeah, a hundred right. in anything in my yeah. life. Whatever. <laughs> 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 like I got a hundred on my tests. Both of them? No, no. The two of them combined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You got a uh, 63 so on this one and a 20 on that. Let me guess. Neither of those were math, were they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is definitely true. But, so uh, if you're looking forward to buying this game, if you can find it on Amazon, help us out a little bit. Um, go to the MFGcast pay, or MFGcast.com. Uh, look in the top right corner. If you're if you're in the U.S., there's the American link for Amazon, and you can buy it as normal. A little shekels come our way. We even have a Canadian link. Can you believe that? Got a Canadian link underneath that. So if you click on that, you can spend your CAD and, you know, hopefully find that game if you're not paying, like, way too much for it. And uh, a little shekels go our way. So help us out there. And one other thing we have on that link is Charterstone. We have an invader, by the way. Um, one of the other things on that link is Charterstone which having just finished the campaign of that, good Lord, hi, <laughs> having just finished the campaign of that, <laughs> I can say in all honesty, it is worth every penny. And shockingly, the Amazon price has been better uh, frequently than the cool stuff or miniature market price. So knowing that you can get Charterstone in two days time with Amazon Prime, for a lower price than the major game outlet retailers is amazing, and I highly recommend it to everybody. Yeah, and we have a, I'm a, I'm going to spoil it. We have a verbal agreement with uh, Jamie Stegmeyer to come and talk to us about that once we kind of get through. Uh, we, me and Tracy, need to get through our charter stones so we can talk about it, all of it. Yes, you absolutely should. I would say at this point, we uh, I think we should wrap this up so you and Tracy can play a game of it tonight. Uh, yeah. So again, thanks for coming on, watching us. We'll I'm gonna put this on. Uh, I'll probably put this on as a regular episode too, so people can kind of 
hear about exactly you know what Orleans is and why you should get it. So until next time, I'm Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. All right, and we'll see you next time on the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.